and welcome to Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Reboot Season 2, Episode 4, X-Ray Plus Penny. The original air date for this episode was October 20th, 2017. It was directed by Bethany Rooney, who has directed lots of TV all over the place. Yeah, lots of TV. Um, she was like an associate producer on St. Elsewhere, which she also directed some. Oh, okay. And I guess she's currently the executive co-executive producer on the originals, which is like a vampire drama. Okay. And speaking of St. Elsewhere, is uh, MacGyver a part of that the universe? The St. Elsewhere from the oh, I don't know the Tommy uh, Westfall universe. I don't know that. Um, it was written by Craig O'Neill and David Slack, who are regular writers for the show. Um, why don't we describe this episode in brief? Well, in this episode, MacGyver is abducted by Murdoch. Right. Uh, but then promptly escapes, and now they're on the trail of Murdoch to hunt him down and figure out what he's up to. Yes, and we start the episode with our cold open flashback with uh, the introduction of Grandpa Harry. Mm-hmm. Um, MacGyver is sitting out on a porch, and Grandpa Harry comes out to talk to him about his dad. Yeah, we're assuming that this is the birthday party. Like, post-birthday party? The one party. where he left, yeah. Yeah. The um, day he disappeared. So this is assuming after everyone's already left, uh, and he's sitting outside waiting for some sign of something. Right. And Harry comes out and joins them, and they have, like, this kind of awkward discussion about that MacGyver's dad is so smart. Yeah, <laughs> it like, was like, look, your dad left, but he's the smartest guy I know, so you must be a terrible son. <laughs> Yeah, he's just like, he's so smart that sometimes he loses track of what's important. And then he'll come back around. I was like, is Murdoch going to be his brother? I feel like it ha- that has is to be. I told what? Jess that last night. I was like, all right, I'm calling it right now. They're siblings because his dad's a weirdo already. Yeah. And the fact that we don't know much else about his life, they're about the same age. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no way they're not siblings. Yeah, it's kind of like... It's weird. There's there's something weird going on. There's something larger going on with this. And they're filling us in with backstory of of their lives that's not necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it's to keep us from like, well, what about the, the parents? Who were who were his parents? Right. And, and stuff like that. So I feel like there's no way they're not siblings. Because all they've been talking about lately <laughs> is MacGyver's dad and that he left. This all this does was hammer home that he's gone. Information we've already gotten. I mean, it gives them the Swiss Army knife, which is like okay. I guess that's a that's a thing. Sure. But uh, to I don't know. I, I also just, confirms my theory that he's been using Swiss Army knife tools to bend these shapes properly. Yeah, yeah. Because you can't bend a paperclip. Not not that close to the edge with your hands. Um, it's almost like that. That's what they were trying to tell us. And yeah. he's like, I can't get this part to bend. Like, yeah. Because yeah. you need you need tools. Uh, so. Uh, we cut to the present where MacGyver is sitting, we're, we're assuming, at a French bistro. Right. Um, Somewhere in France. Uh, and Because uh, it doesn't say. It, it started off with a long time ago, uh, but didn't didn't establish, I think, where he was now. And Jack just shows up out of the blue, and Mac is surprised. Because he was supposed to be on vacation, and MacGyver wanted to be alone. Yeah. To track down a old college professor... Of his father's, yeah, in a, an attempt, a professor of his father's, or a, a professor who was a friend of his father's. Um, I thought it was a professor of his father. Okay. I, I was, I was, 
but then maybe maybe it is just a friend. Um, maybe it's both. <laughs> Could be. Um, we don't know because we don't get any more information about this this scenario because uh, after Jack kind of like uh, is kind of like upset with Mac that he went rogue and didn't tell him where he was going. He followed him, and then you know he has like this uh, ID card of a guy who apparently was tailing MacGyver. He's like, "Yeah, this guy found you at the airport at, at baggage claim, and he's been tailing you ever since." And he's like, uh, "MacGyver's asks, well, who is he working with?" And he's like, "Well, why don't you ask him yourself? He's stuffed in the trunk of his rental car with his jaw broken in three places." Yeah. Uh, so Jack is accusing MacGyver of not being objective. Right. Like, he's not paying attention to his surroundings because he's too focused on this... It's the exact same problem that they had last season, but about Nikki. Now yeah. it's about his dad. Uh, so, Jack's, you know, MacGyver tells, tells him to go. And yeah. Jack says, Jack is very upset and hurt, but it's Jack, you know, and, like, he... I think he even sees through through this and kind of goes, all right, I'm the one I'm not wanted. Like, he, he, you know, yeah. he gets up and he, and he leaves. And then we move right into the opening titles. Yeah, and then MacGyver's back at yeah. L.A. We're done with France. I thought this whole episode was going to take place in France and deal with the finding of this person. And yeah. People uh, being after him. Or, or get any kind of information. Even have a scene where he sits down with a professor of... Because you could have easily trimmed out, like, five minutes of his remembering walking montage. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we get no answers and no questions. Also, we didn't mention, though, the the actor playing Grandpa Harry is, is um, Michael O'Keefe, mm-hmm. who people would probably recognize as Danny Noonan from Caddyshack. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, he also played uh, Fred on Roseanne. I, oh, that's right, where, yeah, he that's worked where, with John Goodman. Yeah, that's where I mostly remember... Like, I remember, obviously, Caddyshack. Right. But but the, the character of Fred is more burned into my mind than uh, than that. Yeah, it's just crazy to see, like... Him playing a grandfather character. Yeah. Because he was so young in that movie, and it's like, all the people who were, like, adults or older in that movie, like, most of them are still around. Like, mm-hmm. But uh, but it's just crazy to see him playing the grandfather. But we really don't get much out of him other than him apologizing on behalf of MacGyver's father. Yeah. And we do get a little bit of a note where, um, where MacGyver mentions that his mother has already passed away. Right. Um, that she which is sick. different. She got sick and died. Yeah, which is different from the traditional MacGyver universe, where his mother was still alive until he was already active. Right in the found in the in the not yeah, the foundation, he, but um, he was like abroad, like serving with uh, the military. Already yeah, D- DXS. Well, I don't even think he was DXS. I think it was when he was still active military. Okay, so like maybe then like even Vietnam bomb defusing or. Well, I think he was in Afghanistan or something when his mom died. And he couldn't get back. Right. Um, but in this in this story, they've kind of given the the Harry storyline to MacGyver's father mm-hmm. because um, Harry was the one who was who left after MacGyver's mother died in the original series. Well, mother and father. I mean, they both died. Right, but didn't he? He didn't leave until oh. the mom died. The grandmother, grandmother and father died. Grandmother and father died at the same time, and then MacGyver's mother died shortly thereafter. Yeah, and when when MacGyver's mother died is when Harry disappeared. Because he didn't want everyone close to him to die, so yeah. he thought if he left that that would somehow protect MacGyver. Um, it also kind of solidifies the fact that this is not in any way connected to the original MacGyver. I know we'd already basically covered that, but yeah. the fact that 
MacGyver's father's father is around means that no level of this is related to Richard Dean Anderson. Unless Michael O'Keefe is supposed to be Richard Dean Anderson's son, and Richard Dean Anderson is his great-grandfather. Um, well, we also don't know if... It, is this his... Is is Harry his father's father, or is it his mother's father like before? Oh, I guess that's true. I hadn't considered that. It's just he's being weirdly defensive of the... Of, of the, the son-in-law who abandoned his child on his birthday in the wake yeah. of his mother's death. So I guess he just grew up with Harry then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we don't know at this point if Harry is even still alive. Right. I don't think that they specifically said that he's dead. He just says, my grandpa Harry used to say kind of stuff. Right, yeah. A lot of Confucius quotes. So uh, MacGyver gets back home and finds out that there's water everywhere because Bozer tried to fix the fridge. Right. And... For a while, thought he successfully had fixed it. Yeah, he put a note on the fridge that said, I fixed the fridge. Um, and uh, so MacGyver's trying to get her hold of Jack to apologize. He keeps leaving him voicemail after voicemail. And then all of a sudden there's a ring at the door, and I'm assuming MacGyver thought it was Jack. Right. Um, as if Jack would ring the bell. Uh, yeah, Jack, Jack would just walk in. Uh, so when MacGyver goes to answer the door, he's immediately tased. He's swarmed by Jabberwockies. Yeah. And uh, then... Wakes up in a basement cuffed to a chair. Right. From there, Jack does arrive at the house and just does walk in, as as we yeah. as we agree he does, um, to find it empty. But then when he's looking around for MacGyver, he finds Bozer's George Washington mask and the bottle of wine. With the with, corkscrew stabbed into it. Yeah. We also, um, this that's not even the first shot of the corkscrew tool on a, on a, um, or in the Swiss Army yeah. knife, because when he's sitting at the French bistro, he's also fiddling with the right. the corkscrew. And if you'll recall, corkscrew was the name of the episode that introduced Murdoch in the first mm-hmm. season. So all kinds of clear Murdoch references. Although for some reason, some people seem to doubt. Like when the Phoenix team arrives. Yeah, uh, that, that didn't really make any sense when they're like, well, it's not like he wrote his name on the wall. And it's like, he left a mask that he that he stole from this house. Yeah. That's basically a signature. That's more a signature than if you wrote, it was Murdoch on the wall, because anybody could do that. Mm-hmm. But not anybody could leave a photorealistic George Washington mask. <laughs> photorealistic. It looks like 100% like a George Washington face. If, I, if he was wearing that mask, I would say, oh my god, George Washington. Oh my god, he's here. <laughs> it's the ghost of George Washington. Are we not going to acknowledge the ghost of Stonewall Jackson? <laughs> it's ironic, because Murdoch can only tell a lie. <laughs> Uh, there was a bit where uh, we see that uh, Murdoch reveals himself to be MacGyver's captor. Right. Um, at, at the same time, the Phoenix team arrives at MacGyver's house, led by Maddie. Maddie's getting into the field a lot. She is. Uh, yeah. This is this is she's been more active lately, and that's good. That's yeah. good. She's not just talking, skyping with everybody. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so they start uh, checking the place out. Uh, she even takes a moment to console Jack, who's more than upset, upset. Yeah. yeah because he jack obviously you know cares about macgyver but also because he chose to ignore macgyver's messages as like a punishment yeah for macgyver for being rude if he'd taken up the call a little quicker he might have been there in time to exactly this. uh so, which i'm guessing is why they sent three people instead of just murdoch oh just in case jack was there yeah yeah I, it just seemed like 
it seemed unlike Murdoch to send three people to the house to take MacGyver mm-hmm. when he would have ordinarily just done it himself. But maybe he was counting on backup or something. Yeah. Um, also, it is MacGyver, and who knows... Uh, yeah, but how last many... time it took three guys to take Murdoch out in this living room. Uh, so, Murdoch is prodding Mac about Cassian. That seems to be his endgame at this point. Uh, I he... feel like right now it's not... It wouldn't be inappropriate for me to describe the contents of the scene, the deleted scene from last week's episode. Oh, okay. Um, Cassian and Maddie are in maybe an interrogation room at uh, the Phoenix Foundation, and she's talking to Cassian as though Murdoch is dead. Mm. And that Murdoch had a lot of friends within the organization and that they're going to take care of him. Um, but it's... I don't understand why that would even be a scene in last week's episode. It would be very confusing because the last we saw of Murdoch, he just escaped. Mm -hmm. We don't know if Cassian's been in contact with him. So I don't know what happened between that and now that would have implied to Cassian that his father was dead. Or why the Phoenix Foundation would be lying to this kid and abducting him unless it's just to lure this guy in. That seems really weird and nefarious of the Phoenix Foundation to kidnap a hitman's son to lure him to the building. And then this conversation that they have makes even less sense now, the one that's actually in this episode. Right. Because we don't we haven't heard Cassian's name since last season, and last we heard he was just a kid somewhere. Mm-hmm. And Murdoch makes it very clear that he's in Phoenix custody, or at least that they know where he is. Exactly. Or and that Matt and, knows where he and is. And that they've stashed him somewhere to keep him away from Murdoch. See, to me well. Knowing, obviously, we know the outcome of this episode, and so it does make more sense why he chose MacGyver. Uh, but if his endgame was to find out Cassian, he would have grabbed Maddie. Because like, if anyone was not going to know it, it would be like the agents. Yeah. She's like, the one who would for sure know what was going on. Exactly. Um, I wouldn't. I w- it would be like a need to know thing. Like, MacGyver doesn't need to know that information. Yeah. It's not in his best interest to have that information. In fact, it would it harms him to know this information now. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they, they have like a conversation about fathers and like how kids need their fathers, and Murdoch, you know, obviously is taunting Mac about his own father. Right. Um, and then Murdoch goes into the story. He's also Murdoch's father, as we've. As we as we suspect, um, then Murdoch goes on to tell the story about how his son was born, in which he he met this girl. Uh, I believe the name was Nadia. Yeah, and uh, Nadia was more more than likely a target, and he tries to 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 feign that he was in love with her. Like he has like a moment of like sadness, and MacGyver's like. You, you don't love anybody. You're not capable of love. And he goes, like, okay. Well, right, she right. fell in love with me. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Potato, uh, potato. Uh, but once the baby was born, he saw his opportunity to finish her off. Um, and, but then, like, they, they kind of just don't go into exactly what happened after yeah. that. He just says that he suffocated the mother with the pillow that she was laying on when mm-hmm. she gave birth to his son. And did he just walk out? And leave yeah. the kid. And everyone in the hospital was like, weird. That's not usually how this goes. Yeah. Anyway, enjoy your son. <laughs> Good luck He's providing for He's all yours. It. Good luck getting the kid to drink formula on day one. <laughs> uh, 
So Riley is uh, scanning the area from the house of any cars that have arrived in the last 10 hours. Uh, she narrows it down to one license plate that uh, apparently will not be issued yet. It's, right. a, it's, a, it's a number that is, does not exist not in the system. It's not to be issued until six months from now. So, uh, and then they then she was able to track the car's movements all the way to a warehouse. Right. Uh, again, this isn't Murdoch because this this was the people who abducted him. At right. least, like Murdoch has not yet appeared at the house, as far as we know, unless he was one of the guys in the mask. But I don't think it was. Not I mean, in this it was episode. A three-man anyway. team. Well, wasn't it a three-man team and they find two bodies? Maybe this is like the beginning of the Dark Knight. <laughs> They're expecting one one of us in the crash. Yeah. Uh, no, that's Dark Knight Rises. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dark Knight was when the clowns are robbing the bank, and they're all killing each other, and then the oh, last okay. clown takes off his mask, and he's the That's right, guy. that's right. Uh, Jack and Cage are about to rush out to the scene, uh, but Bozer insists on going, of course. And they would have just been like, no, bye. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you make masks. You're not helpful here. <laughs> and, and all you're going to do and is... And then he gets there, and he doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything. Uh... MacGyver passes out from the drugs. I don't know if we mentioned that he's being given an right. IV drug. We're getting hints of all these different MacGyver episodes here because this feels like um, th- it's kind of a combination of brainwashed and uh, nightmares. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly nightmares here. Yeah. Because uh, Murdoch is uh, beating on him to keep him conscious because the drugs are making him doze off. Uh, and he says basically kind of lays out like that he's got a lot planned for this particular thing and including some new uh torture devices that he's looking to test out on macgyver since he's so clever yeah uh but of course he leaves mac alone which i was like well this is obviously planned yeah for him to leave him alone to escape because why would he ever leave macgyver alone uh so macgyver uh this is this is a lot, but he pulls the IV out of his arm with his teeth. Yeah, um, and then he picks the handcuffs with yep. the needle from the IV. Uh, so he's making his way out. Jack Cage and Bozer find the location of the car at this warehouse where they find the um, original tasing abductors of MacGyver right. executed. They're on all the ground. dead on the ground, or at least two of the three of them are yeah. dead. Uh, They're all double tapped. So. Uh, Jack finds evidence that there was another car that left that had an oil leak, uh, but apparently this is where the trail goes cold. Yeah, and Bozer's like, so what do we do now? And he's like, well, there's there's no trails left. And it's like, yeah. you just said one of these cars is leaking oil. Like, couldn't you at least pretend that it's possible to follow the oil leak to wherever yeah. the car ended up? No, that was a lot of oil, too. Yeah, like, that was, it was a like, big puddle. Oh, that's like almost all of your, not almost all of it, but yeah. a considerable amount. A lot. Uh... MacGyver starts trying to work the room to figure out an escape, but he's obviously still under the influence of the drugs. So this is where you kind of get like the nightmares, where he's kind of like, like having that delirious yeah. kind of like walking around and weird camera movements. He uh, uses a water heater to create like a, a hydraulic a, hammer. Yeah, like he launches like a piston and uh, blasts out the lock, like Anton Chigurh in yeah. No Country for Old Men. And but then like apparently like this door just leads into a sewer system. I wasn't sure how he got. Yeah, well, into that's the problem the with system. the editing. So he goes, he pushes open the door, which we we find out later in the episode opens up to just a big warehouse. Yeah, but right when he's kicking the door open, we're cutting to Jack opening up a door 
that leads to this facility where they found the bodies, right? Right. So we don't see what's outside the door, and MacGyver pretends like he doesn't remember it either, that he just remembers suddenly being in the tubes, and it's like, if you remembered hearing bells and a specific siren and the water was moving with you, but you don't remember the warehouse that you walked out of, yeah, and then, and then climbed into... into a sewer? <laughs> Why did you climb into a sewer? Why didn't you just walk out of the warehouse yeah. and then flag someone down for a ride? Uh, so MacGyver, yeah, we get clips of uh, MacGyver making his way through this tunnel. He hears, like, screaming and voices, and uh, then he eventually climbs out of a manhole. Uh, in the middle of traffic. In the middle of traffic, which is pretty crazy, like, because... First of all, if you don't replace that cover, any car that is going to just... I was thinking that. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, God. But also, like, it was freaking me out when he was initially climbing out of it because instead of, like, just pushing the thing over and then climbing out, he, like, pushes it up and then he's, like, got his hands on the yeah, asphalt yeah. and his head is, like, holding up the manhole cover. And it's like, if a car hits you right now, it would smash your head and cut off all your fingers. Yep. We all saw Hocus Pocus. We know how that works. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so he collapses into a crowd of people, and you hear uh, ADR of, like, someone call 911, uh, which is not what you do. You don't say someone call, because then no one knows who's going to call, yeah. and no one calls. You have to basically find a person with a phone and designate them to be the one to call. Will you call 911? Yes. No. Will you? <laughs> yes, I will. Great. Perfect. <laughs> person number one, you suck. Uh, <laughs> but but that's what you do, people. Yes. You Don't just yell, someone call 911. You need to make sure that someone is actually calling 911. Unless this is a person you want to see dead and then say, I'm calling 911. Yeah, don't Nobody worry. Nobody worry about it. I'm on it. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop, Hello, beep, police? <laughs> I was like, that was too many numbers. <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing with all those other beep boops? <laughs> I was dialing the extension of my friend as a police officer. Hello, the 911? Yes, I need emergency services. I need to services. report a theft. <laughs> this is... A murder attempt, I think. Theft of life. <laughs> One life has been stolen. Uh, so at the Phoenix Foundation, MacGyver's obviously been brought in because he was picked up by an ambulance or whatever. Yeah. Um, they're kind of like checking him out, uh, making sure whatever drugs are in his system are cleaned out. He has his own theories about what exactly this concoction was made right. up of. I guess based just on the experience of having it in his system yeah. or like did yeah, he like he's just able to like like oh th- i've tested a lot of drugs on myself and this is exactly what i felt when i did this this and this i mean he's not like sherlock no <laughs> like like he's not Sherlock. he wouldn't do that yeah uh so fairly straight edge uh they're trying to ask him a lot of questions about what he can remember and how he got out and then sam says everybody get out of here yeah we're You're gonna... contaminating his memory uh she brings up uh, Kim, K-I-M, Keep in Memory, which is an actual thing. Uh, I did some research on this. Sure. Um, it is a thing that they do for field operatives, uh, and it was actually a thing, the first big thing that it's documented at, because they, call, they called it, um, I, can't remember the, the, I can't remember the term for it. They called it, it's like a reverse engineered uh, acronym, because Keep in Memory is not why they call it Kim. The original use of the word Kim was a Kipling novel called Kim about a spy. Right. She says it, it's based on a Kipling yeah, story. Yeah. And, uh, and it's 
the spy trying to remember things by paying attention to details and things like that. So is this really based on something that Kipling himself came up with and then they uh, started using it for agents? Um, I don't think so. I think that it's the concept of, of situational awareness and they reference this and then using, they called it Kim, Kim's game. Uh, and then they took the word Kim, the name Kim, and then just, just assigned words to it for yeah. keep in memory. That reminds me of uh, Kit Ramsey. Keep it together, keep it together, keep it together. <laughs> Everybody's going to remember Bowfinger, right? Yeah. That, that reference is going to go over swimmingly. You know, I... Uh, it's a funny movie. It's I a like funny it. movie, but I, I feel like it's it's had it had its time, and now it's it's done. Anyway, I would buy a ticket to Chubby Rain. <laughs> um, that would actually be a better concept now. Like, to actually release Chubby Rain, to actually film it. Oh my god, that would be funny. And have Eddie Murphy in it and everything. Uh, so, MacGyver's slowly going through all these details that he remembers. Uh, and it's taking a long time. Like, as far as what, the episode pacing. Yeah. I was like, this is, this is, this is going on too long. Uh, the things that he remembers are church bells and a fire station siren. And with that information... And Riley's ability to uh, come up with... Map the entire sewer system. And... Yeah, map the sewer system, come up with when the siren sounded, and MacGyver says, oh, well, I heard the bells first, when I should have heard the siren first. It's because the timing's off, because of the way sound travels. That was so dumb. Like, it, it's like Taken 2, when like she's throwing grenades, um, and like like they're timing how long the blast, the sound of the blast takes to get to them, to see if yeah. it's getting closer or further away. Um, uh and I, I, that none of these sounds happen that precisely. Yeah. This siren wouldn't happen. Like, not all these clocks would be perfectly in sync. Mm -hmm. None of this stuff would happen. Like, he wouldn't be able to tell the difference between something happening a second or a half second later or earlier if yeah. it's a siren and a bell ringing well, at the same time. Because he would have to have exact memory of yeah. the it's time. Like he doesn't even remember why he climbed into the sewer in the first place. Yeah. Why does he remember which of these two things happened first? And how, and the time of distance between them. And the time it took him to get to the sewer first. Yeah. So, but either way, all this information together. Yeah. Uh, so he was able... They were able to basically sort of triangulate... Uh, based on church, fire station, and sewer water flow, uh, that he must have been in this area. Uh, so they immediately disswarm. Uh, dis dis I, I was going to say swarm and descend. But dis I, could, dis -swarm. I couldn't that decide right. which word to use in my brain, and That's they good. came out together. <laughs> um, uh, they descend upon the facility... And uh, start checking things out, and then uh, they find the room where MacGyver escaped from. And this is where we see the opposite side of that door, where it's just a room with stairs. Nowhere yeah, is there no like a sewer that he entrance. Woke up in the sewer. Uh, uh, as they're kind of sweeping the area, they find a, a big, like, spray painted "Be Seeing You" uh, written on the. Which is apparently Murdoch's new catchphrase. Yeah, because he says it a lot. Yeah. Um, not I, interesting or intimidating or anything. Yeah. I was kind of hoping they would do something like uh, when Murdoch wrote that letter and MacGyver... Oh, like, yeah. Well, like, you had the acrostic of, like, Murdoch. Yeah. Was that Cleo's... Uh, Cleo Rocks? Yeah, yeah. Because it was like a... 
was it a poem? It was yeah, like a poem to, like that, yeah. to that she got. Um, so I thought like, oh, there might be like something clever. If <laughs> and then he's... MacGyver had to literally highlight each of the first letters because yeah, he couldn't like, just read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like Alucard and and uh, uh, little uh, not Mo- little monsters, but Monster Squad. Well, I've never like, seen Monster Squad. He's like, oh, Mr. Alucard, and he's like Alucard, and he has to like write it all out backwards. It's like, it's like <laughs> Dracula. No. Uh, Alucard is the thing in the Dracula lore. <laughs> we, we we don't need to. Oh really? Is that a yeah? Name that he's gone by before. Yeah, it's 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 like. It's like a terrible pseudonym. You just like put your name yeah. backwards, like uh, Doctor Acula. <laughs> that would have been more interesting than the Alucard. Doctor Ink. Drink. I got it. Yes, I got it. <laughs> uh, while Cage is sweeping the area, uh, she gets a phone call from Murdoch. This is the one moment that I really liked in this episode. <laughs> well, one because it also. The way it's punctuated, at least. Uh, yeah, but it also uh, verifies the theory that you have, or at least oh, yes, yeah, it, it, that it she's lend- definitely GRU. Yeah, it lends credence to a theory that obviously she's not who she says she is. Right. Um, and Murdoch is obviously intrigued by her and her ability to infiltrate the Phoenix Foundation. Also, he just needs a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> I've got. I've got finally some someone I can talk to. I've got a couple of issues. Uh, it's more of a quail voice than a Murdoch voice. <laughs> <laughs> Try to find me, please. <laughs> yes, they punish me. Uh, <laughs> that's such a great episode. It really is. We need another Deathlock. Deathlock, everybody. Watch it that's now. That's the next episode to remake. Uh, so he's kind of like, you know, I keep using the word taunt in my notes. I'm sorry. He, she's, He's toying with her about, you know, who she really is and... um. He tells her to stop pacing, and and I, I think what she's doing is she's intentionally trying to get shot. I, I think that she, cause she's she trying to bring him out in the open. Yeah, because like she says, like you're obviously lying. Because if you could really see me, you you know you would have shot me. Or she, she says something like, "You really don't have eyes on me." And then he, she he shoots her. Yeah. But I think that, that was her intent. I, I don't know why it would be because they don't find him because of it. Yeah, but they it, should have. Instead, they w- they checked every building in a three mile radius instead of the one directly out the window that he shot her through. Yeah, because you, you look where Cage landed, and then you, you look, look at the window that's broken out. Yeah, and, and you go, okay, okay, he's there. There, he's that on one, that that's building. the one. Uh, but yeah, of course she gets shot. She's wearing a vest. Um, and uh, he shot her in the vest on purpose because he wasn't trying to kill her. He was trying right. to send a message. Yeah. Also, she's GRU and she's working with him. Yeah, <laughs> she's not working with him. Yeah, but. definitely not working with him. But uh, she is. Uh, I'm not going to say she's a villain, but she's definitely nefarious. Yeah, she's she's going to turn out a good guy in the end. She's right now. She's kind of infiltrating Phoenix Foundation on behalf of some Russian secret service, yeah. and it's going to turn out that she turns on them because it's the James Bond for she, yeah, she appreciates the team. So, while searching the, the warehouse, the team finds a bunch of burnt papers. Um, and Did he only burn the edges of? Yeah. Um, this is all clearly Murdoch's setup. Yeah. Murdoch doesn't leave you stuff unless he intends for you to use it. Yeah. Um, so, MacGyver uh, modifies a portable x-ray machine, 
with a penny, which made me upset because I was really hoping that X-Ray Penny was going to relate to Penny Parker. Yeah. And that we were going to have a Penny Parker episode. A Penny Parker murder Murdoch episode, as we decided as well, was also That's true. We warranted. haven't had one since that acrostic. Um, but no, he, he just uses the penny as a conductor to increase the output of the X-Ray machine on a burned photo in order to bring out the, I think it was like the silver bromide yeah, uh, crystals. Right. Uh, in order to create a ghost image for this camera to pick up, right? Uh, I think it's still a negative when he takes the picture. Yeah, because and I think it must even be an infrared camera or a specialized camera, because the in order to pick up any kind of residual light that's coming off of this. Uh, right. So yeah, I think it was an IR camera. Uh, so he. So not X-ray, but infrared. Well, the the X-ray machine brought out the crystals that would be. Uh, picked up by an infrared camera right and that's why you get the negative because you, you you know you look at like infrared cameras it's usually like this black and white kind of ghosty image yeah yeah um although i have to show you this great video of these uh low light cameras they're not infrared there's extreme low light it makes nighttime look like it's daytime huh and you can when they when they pan it up you can see all the stars like in the sky. Are they like way brighter than usual? Yeah, they're way bright, but like, but then you look down, it's just look. It looks like it's like early morning, like the sun. That's weird. Like there's like shadows on things because of the starlight You'll casting have to show shadows. Me that. That yeah, it's cool. super nuts. Uh, so they're able to get a facial recognition off the picture of a. It's a picture. And it's of a not man. just facial recognition. They literally find the same picture. Yeah. They might as well have used Google Image Search because <laughs> it literally comes up with the exact same photograph that they had burned here. And the photograph came from, like, like the education yeah. website. Like yeah, the, the Department of Education. Because um, everyone in the Department of Education, obviously, they're background checked. They're fingerprinted. Right. Um, I, Except for this guy. What? They didn't fingerprint him? They didn't background check him, apparently. Oh, well, no, they did. He just had a fake background. I guess. They checked his fake background and it came out flawless. Yeah. Um, but you know, just like Ricky Jay said in uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, oh, you know, he's got a flawless record. He dotted every I and crossed every T. So what does that mean? Well, he's a spy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, What's weird about a guy living uh, in a four-bedroom house in a suburb all by himself? All by himself. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so they arrive at his house and. They 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 spend so much time trying to convince him one that there's a man out to kill him, and two they say oh, we're going to give you ten minutes to pick up your stuff. No, you grab him at and his front go. door and you go. Yeah. You what? Why are you spending all this time being cordial? Someone is about to murder him. That is their their suspicion. Yeah. Um, Murdoch might be on his way. He might already be. Also, in the you house. haven't confirmed that that's what this clue means. One yeah. of you should be with him at all times. Yeah. But he goes upstairs and he starts to pack and he pulls a drawer out from under his bed mm. and he lifts the, the fake top of it mm. and it's just a, a bed of guns. Yeah. Uh, you also notice that he was already like half packed? He had like a, a duffel bag full of clothes on well, he's the bed. A hitman. So this is his go bag? Yeah, you, you should always have that. <laughs> uh, I don't know why he didn't even bring it down to try and confuse them. Like, get yeah. in the backseat of their car, shoot them both in the back of the head. Yeah, like, instead of he story. just walks into the room and yeah, flanks Yeah, he doesn't sight. even bring the bag that's already packed. Why did you bother packing it? Uh, yeah, so he walks out and uh, uh, just starts opening fire. And Jack immediately sees him. He's like, he's got a gun, Mac! And, yeah. Uh, so he just starts... Because he's not being discreet. He's the worst hitman ever. Yeah. 
uh, unless he does believe that maybe there is someone out to get him, he's like, I ain't got time for this. I'm just going to kill everybody I see. Yeah. Uh, time to pick up, move off to another town. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he makes a getaway. They call in to Cage. And what I like is that Cage hears the gunfire and goes, oh, Murdoch's already there. Uh, we need backup. And <laughs> Jax Hall's not Murdoch. It's the teacher. Yeah. Uh, and then a car comes speeding down the suburb, and uh, she thinks that this is this warrants the death penalty. So she starts opening fire on a car that she hasn't confirmed is the guy that's yeah. after. Well, and so the, and the car nearly runs her over. She dives over the hood, and Mac and Jack run up to her, and she says, "You need to work on your timing." And I was like, "You need to work on your aim." You had like seven shots. Well, she hits the front of the car with all of them, though. Yeah, but she doesn't hit the windshield. <laughs> I think it was bulletproof. I think she does hit the windshield. It just doesn't spark because it's not made out of metal. It would pull would have gone right through that windshield. You never know. I know. <laughs> it would have gone through that windshield. Trust me, I've shot out enough windshields. <laughs> uh, so they all get in the car together and pursue. It's a you know, it's 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 a convertible, but it might be Maddie's convertible because they seem yeah, to. Yeah, they do like, make some references to that later. Maybe that was a line that got dropped or that we missed. Um, uh, they. They're able to do a workup on Fletcher, and they realize that he's a hitman because Bozer's uh, sending pictures of all the different IDs and guns yeah. and stuff that he's got his, at, a, at his house. Uh, Murdoch calls in to the Phoenix Foundation HQ proper to talk to Maddie and Riley. Right. Um, basically saying, like, oh, I led you to this guy. I'm pretty great. I'm a nice friend. Uh, and, and they're like, what, what? You just, like, ratted out your competition so that we'd take him down so that you would have less... Uh, you would get more contracts for yourself, and he's yeah. like, "Well, no. Ordinarily, I would take care of this kind of thing myself, but I just thought it was easier to have you guys do my dirty work." Uh, so they're chasing down uh, Henry Fletcher, the the now confirmed fader, as Maddie calls him, is like yeah. where where Murdoch kills people for display. Uh, this guy just makes them disappear. Right. I don't know what the difference is between those two, but... Well, yeah, I mean, like, it's more like, you know, you you want someone gone quietly, and so people wonder, oh, like, did they run? Did did they get killed? Where'd they go? As opposed to, like, this guy was found in 15 pieces displayed in the middle of Rockefeller Center. (laughs) Right, but right now, what he's doing to try and fade these agents out is firing Uzi at them in the middle of, like... Yeah, traffic. Yeah. He's, like, trying to run people over in the street. Yeah. It's not like he was going to stop and pack up her body. That's not fading. <laughs> he should have just slowly driven past her, and she would never even know that it was him. Uh, so MacGyver has a new plan, but he needs to be in front of Fletcher? Right. Like, so we pull another, well, we need to be in front of him. Oh, okay. Well, I'll just go in front of him then. Okay, that's easy. Yeah. And he'll continue to follow us. We did this two weeks ago also. I was like, why Why would Fletcher continue to drive? Yeah, just turn left. <laughs> just immediately go, oh, oh they're, they're driving in front of me. This can't be part of some kind of elaborate plan. Yeah. Uh, so he, MacGyver uh, unfurls the cloth top convertible, uh, and uh, the top immediately rips off. and Which fly- happened in Three for the Road. Right. And causes uh, Fletcher to wreck. And what's great about this is... They actually wrecked some cars. That's true. I didn't even they, think about they that. They didn't do a cutaway to an already wrecked car. They actually smash into a car on the sidewalk. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for wrecking a car. Um, I was very excited. I had an exclamation point in my notes and everything. Uh, 
So now they secure Fletcher, uh, and uh, Mac and Jack have a chance to kind of like make kiss and make up a little bit, you know, like about Mac's dad. How MacGyver apologizes for letting it consume him, and Jack, you know, accepts his apology. Yeah. He's uh, like, "Well, you got to tell me where you're going, man." You know, same same exact stuff that they were saying back and forth about Nikki yeah. last last season. Oh, we should mention that um, Henry Fletcher is played by Tony Stark. <laughs> oh, is that the actor's name? <laughs> Anthony Stark, but Stark with an extra with an E at the end. Oh, that's funny. I was like, oh, so it's Tony Stark. Uh, we actually just watched. Um, we were watching Iron Man two yesterday, and uh, when Hammer is is testifying in court, he keeps referring to him as Anthony Stark. Oh yeah. So I guess that is his actual name. Yeah. Um, Anthony Stark uh, also played. Truman Lodge, which was uh, uh, Robert Davi's accountant in License to oh, Kill. Oh, right, yes, yeah. A Weasley kind of guy. But more importantly, he was the young priest in Repossessed, in Repossessed the <laughs> Leslie Nielsen, uh, Linda Blair. Uh, <laughs> that's funny, spoof. they did have li- actual Linda Blair play yeah. that part. Yeah, she came back to play that part. And that's a hilarious movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's and so also, stupid. The, uh, the technician who gives them the, the um, camera to use for the x ray. Um, his name, the actor's name is Carl Kennedy, and uh, he, the his very first credit on IMDb was he was an ER doctor on I Didn't Know I Was Pregnant. <laughs> Have you ever heard of that show? No. Okay, it's it's a reality show. Well, not a reality show. It's like a true story show mm. where they do reenactments of like people's stories of finding out that they were pregnant when they were giving birth. Yeah. Bonnie was on that show. A friend of ours. Uh, named Bonnie was on that show. She was an EMT in oh. one of the in one of the recreations. She was like helping this lady into. I didn't a, know that. Yeah, but I was just like, oh, that's cool. I know someone who's been on that show, that obscure reality type show. How do you not know you're pregnant? I don't know. It's, I will have to watch the show, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'm curious. <laughs> Dang it, they hooked me. <laughs> uh, so, uh. Jack and MacGyver are in the front seat of this incredibly heavily armored car. Yeah, it's like super armor plating everywhere. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they don't drive this thing all the time. Yeah, this should just be the Phoenix Foundation car. Yeah. It's not very discreet, but um, uh, in the back, uh, Cage is in one of the secured uh, sections. I mean, it's, presumably it's all secured. Yeah. But she's not locked in, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, but uh, she's in, like, the cage section along with Fletcher, who is secured. Cage in the cage. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, but all of a sudden, as they're driving down the street, somehow Jack doesn't notice... That someone... there's a person squatting with a rocket launcher <laughs> directly in front of them. I, I think this would have been a great chance to have the van with the rocket launcher with Murdoch, like, almost maybe even dressed as a woman... Yeah, like just like to do like just to do that thing with the bazooka. You yeah. cannot explain bazookas. <laughs> <laughs> um, just I don't know because this missile just comes out of nowhere, but it comes right down the middle of the street. Yeah, you would have had to have seen somebody. What if it was just a car that was driving away from them in front of them and it fired out of the trunk? We don't know because we don't see where it came from. Yeah, we just, we just see the missile impact, and we get to wreck another car. Yeah, uh, this car. Flips Although this over. one doesn't really get wrecked. Yeah, they just uh, kind of. Rotated over on its top. Yeah, uh, and the but the CG fire like is pretty convincing. Yeah, um, it, it, it's not so convincing because it doesn't seem to move outside of the square that it's in. Right. But that it looked good. It wasn't like that cheesy orange and yellow fit yeah. fire. It looked like oh, that looks like a raging engine fire. Yeah. I, I I buy it. 
So the rocket hits dead on in the center of the cart, and it does basically just a full flip, like mm-hmm. when uh, when the Joker flips that truck in the middle of the street. Yeah, and it lands on its top. Uh, luckily, Jack and MacGyver are perfectly okay and j- pinned. That bothers me that they're even pinned because mm-hmm. this is a severely armor-plated vehicle. Yeah, it's clearly supposed to be for like wartime effort. And including taking a missile, maybe. Yeah, and and even if not taking a missile, you can tell from the the finish of this accident that the car is perfectly intact. It's just mm-hmm. upside down. There's no reason that the whole inside of the car would be Mangled. ruptured and and splayed out in a way that's pinning everyone to the outside of the car so that they can't move. Everyone yeah. was wearing seatbelts. Yeah, they should all be in their seats, just upside down. Yeah, and and that and that's just as pinned. You know, if you're upside down and maybe not conscious uh, or fully aware, that, yeah. that works just as well as them being pinned. Have them all be dazed. Yeah, uh, but they're in their, secured in their seats upside down. I think that that's perfectly capable of being filmed and more believable, but in this, they're pinned by metal beams yeah. inside the car. And also, for some reason, the only person who is not dazed or pinned is the guy that Murdoch wants to get out of the car. Yeah. And who apparently can just walk out. He wasn't secured to the chair in any way. He just gets up and walks out. Yeah, and the door's unlocked. So he just opens the door yep. and pulls the guy out. Uh, so, and then Murdoch says, like, oh, so well, since I... Know, I, d- I know you said you don't work with people, but I thought maybe you could make an exception, seeing as how I just saved you. Yeah. Um, he also says, like, I know we've never... It's so, it's so great to finally meet you. So I'm assuming that they have met by phone, or they've had conversations... Maybe. Because he says, I'm so glad to finally meet you. But then he says, I know you always say you always want to work alone. It's like, okay, well, they must have talked yeah. at some point. Um, but Murdoch is putting together some kind of organization. and this Presumably is the first hit. Yeah. That, that's what we must assume at this point. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Which is why we need Quail before the end of this season and to add Quail to hit. Because yeah. Quail is amazing. Yeah. And... Uh, and that's the end of the episode. It doesn't have a, a little button with everyone like happy and cheerful and coming up with their next move. Yeah, everybody's They're just pinned to the inside of this Burning armor. wreckage, uh, and it just ends. Yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> this whole episode, I feel like... Nothing happened. This whole, this whole, I feel like this whole episode could have been 20 minutes. Well, the plot just, it's like... Murdoch tricks Phoenix into catching a guy so that he can uncatch the guy. But they don't even know about the guy until the fourth act. Yeah. And, and so it's like, wait a minute. Well, this is this is taking too long. This either needs to be about catching Murdoch or catching this target. This, this target information should have come out in act two. Right. It's like, oh, Murdoch's got this target. We need to find him. Yeah. Uh, but is is this guy really going to be so grateful to Murdoch for rescuing him, even though it's this guy's, like, it's Murdoch's fault that he was captured in the first place? Well, I'm sure he doesn't know that yet. Well, he at least knows that Murdoch is the reason they were at his house. Oh, that's true. That's true. I, I just don't, I don't understand why he thinks that this guy's going to be like, well, yeah, I'll do whatever you say now. It's like, no, as soon as we get around the corner, I'm going to shoot you. Yeah. And go back... On my merry way. I mean, if you created an organization full of untrustworthy hitmen, how much trust do you think that there really could be? Also, they were only driving for about 10 seconds before the rocket hit the car. And when they put them in the car, there were still agents all over the place. Yeah, yeah, there, were, there, there, there was a second car. None of these car. people did anything to stop Murdoch after he blew up this Hummer. 
Yeah, that's what happened. And then the episode was over. It was just, it was just over. I was like, all right, well, that's that. Um, pretty, I just a not interesting episode overall, I guess. Yeah, it's a um, step back from last week for sure. I mean, I'm uh, I'm glad that they're doing more Murdoch stuff and and building on his character. I'm glad that that's happening. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that we're getting more weird Cage information. Yeah. You know, making her character a little bit more interesting, and making you want to watch her more because you don't know what she's up to. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you know, MacGyver backstory was worthless because we already knew that information. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing new came from that. We also. Uh... It turns out Lenkoff is rebooting a third series for CBS. Oh? Magnum is coming back. So look forward to this show getting even cheaper and less attention. Because he's going <laughs> re- to reboot a third show. Do you think they'll cross over? I, I hope they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be shocked if the Magnum show gets more than a season. Because do they have a cast? I don't think they've announced any of that yet. Linkoff just this week. I got the word from Andrea um, announced that they're officially um, making the show. But the problem there is that I know I know we hosted MacGyver podcast. Yeah. But in my personal opinion, Magnum PI was a much better show than MacGyver <laughs> was the original series. Okay. Um, and there's no way that that their Magnum reboot isn't going to be the same quality or less than this MacGyver reboot. And so it's going to be an even bigger disappointment to people Mm. who were fans of Magnum. But anyway, I think that's about it for this episode. Yeah. uh, I mean, it was all right. Yeah. Um, This was not the Halloween episode, so I guess next week is the Halloween episode. I mean, it makes more sense. It's closer. Yeah. Um, And also, whoever was credited as the trick-or-treat kid is not on the IMDb page anymore, so that must be next week. They were just confused about the order of the episodes. Mm. Um, But yeah, uh, tune in next week. It's actually called Skull Plus Electromagnet next week, so that's definitely the Halloween episode. Um, But yeah, if you guys have any thoughts on this episode, you would like to send our way you can find us on twitter at opening gambit you can find us at facebook.com slash phoenix foundation podcast or our website phoenix foundation podcast.com and if you're digging the show feel free to review us on itunes it helps us people find the show that way mm-hmm. um tune in next week for skull and electromagnet yeah and thank you for listening thank you